I'm gonna open my window because it's getting hot. Brian got me getting all hot. Lord have mercy. You try to see that person for the potential that they are, but the potential means nothing. We say, okay, well, he, he's 6'4". He makes $100,000 a minute. He got this kind of car. Okay, we gonna work. No. See, when a man is accountable for what he says and what he does, he leaves that woman's emotions at ease. Welcome to season three of Single You, the podcast. That is what your ears have tuned into, okay? My name is Rika. I am your host, and I am a certified life and success coach. That is the hat that I use to execute this podcast. But with that said, girl, I am no expert. Mm -mm. While I do take this seriously and I do move with intention, I'm not the expert. I speak through my lens as a single black woman with no kids who's been through some things. Okay, so welcome to season three. Now, the first two seasons of Single You have been about the journey into a toxic, abusive relationship, whether that been spiritually, financially, physically or emotionally. And then the journey out and into healing. We've heard many stories, even my own stories, and they served a specific purpose. And those shows will always be here on this platform. But now it's time to pivot, it's 2023. I wanna go on a journey of proving that a marriage can be healthy. People can be happy in a monogamous relationship. It just all depends on the truth we tell ourselves and the work that we do. I speak to the black woman of faith, who desires marriage, who wants to date with intention. That's who I'm talking to. When I'm speaking, that is who I'm envisioning in my mind. Now, if you don't fit into that box and you think that I'm speaking to you, welcome to Single You, the podcast. Don't turn it off. Welcome, okay? Here we go. Let's get into the episode. All right, welcome to another episode of Single You, the podcast. I'm your host, Rika, of course, and I do have a guest today. And I have a male guest. I just get really excited when men make sense to me. Because <laughs> sometimes they don't make sense. I don't understand. Um, sometimes they're talking out the side of their neck and I don't understand. And those are not the men that I um, want to bring to my platform. So today's guest, um, I feel like this is the formula of how I'm meeting people these days. So it's not just 17 year olds and 25 year olds meeting people on these internet streets. It's not, I'm about to be 40 and I'm meeting people on these internet streets. And from what I understand, and, and Brian can tell his story as he um, comes on the platform, he's been watching me, which sounds very weird, um, for like a year, two years. Um, and then he actually reached out to me and said, hey, I would love to have a discussion with you either on my podcast or your podcast. Um, and then we started the vetting process because I got to make sure that he's not Kevin Samuels. Rest in peace. I got to make sure, again, that he's not talking out the side of his neck. So vetted him. And I decided that uh, Coach Brian Thomas was, let's see, appropriate <laughs> to uh, talk to you as my listener. So Coach Brian Thomas, welcome to Single You, the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Well, hello. Um, first off, to help you out with your intro, I was introduced to you by Dr. Wilson. And then Dr. Wilson was like, check out your content. And then when I was like, okay. And so I listened to just sit back. Cause you know, a lot of these ladies on these podcast streets, they'll go on a rant and you'd be thinking, oh, you know, this and that, but you stay consistent. And so that's why I was like, you know what? I gotta be a part of it. 
So you were doing some vetting too. Um, and I was doing something. So it sounds like your vetting process lasted. Right, right. It sounds like your vetting process lasted a lot longer than mine did. So I don't know what that says about me, but here we are. <laughs> Speaking of vetting, uh, I did ask you, you know, what got you, you know, on this subject of relationships and how are you a coach and did you get certified and did you do this? Because I'm always curious if somebody is just talking and they want to talk about their experiences, maybe, which is totally fine. Or was there some level of studying human behavior? And uh, the uh, answer is, go ahead. <laughs> the answer is yes, because from the relation relationship coaching side, I'm still kind of working on those credentials, but I do believe that a person can be a relationship coach and they may not even have the credentials. They just be, you know, they'll be very aware, but I have a degree right. in sociology. So that's something that sociology is the study of how people socialize. And I remember as a kid, just reading sociology books and psychology books. So I think it's been a lifelong uh, journey for me. Um, I do have a life coaching certification and um, I do have a master's degree, but it's not in either psychology or sociology, but it is in um, information technology. So as you can see, I'm a brainiac that tries to get as much stuff done as possible. I love it. Well, and I, the, I, I guess studying of human behavior, the wanting to, and then taking the knowledge that you're getting from that and then talk about relationships. You know, those are, those tend to be the people I gravitate towards more. And it's not a judgment on anybody. It's just the observation that I like to make. And then I move accordingly. So I love that you do have the, uh, it was sociology, right? Sociology. Um, sociology. Uh, and then I have a master's of information systems management, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> kind of like a broad, broad, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. But that lets me know you're a thinker and I love thinkers. So let's get into now, um, now that we've set you up nicely, who is Brian? And so what I know about Brian is you were married at one time. Uh, you're black, <laughs> black I male. Was. Um, and you're actually, that's, that's true. right. We're actually the same age and you don't have any kids. Most people will tell women like me, Oh, girl, you ain't going to find a man without kids. So I, good luck. So I just love when I can find, I guess, what is it? The counterpart, the, my peer who also doesn't have kids. Because as you know, I don't have kids. Um, so I do want to get into the marriage portion. You used to, you know, be married. Is that okay? Can we go in, Brian? Is that okay? You can dive into that because okay. for me, I have taken accountability at the highest level for what happened. Um, and I don't, I'm not one to point fingers. You know, I'm not going to bash the person that I married. Right, right, I'm right. just going to say, you know, what happened and, you know, move forward. You right. know, you learn from different things. So you can ask me anything about that. I'm not going to okay. be mad or anything like right, that. Right, right, right. You know? Well, I just, I always want my guests to know. And of course, we've talked about this before. Um, I believe my listeners know that. I do a pre-interview, we talk, we write down questions, we get the flow of the show and everything. But I also want to, I all—I always want to reiterate, this is a safe space. You can say, we're not going to go into that, Rika, but thank you. Um, you know, or you can go as deep um, as you want to. 
But so the the first question is, how long have you been divorced? It will be seven years, November the 30th, okay. 2023. So it'll be okay. seven years. Well, he knows the day. He said November the 30th at 2.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. was Actually, <laughs> it was, to be honest, it was at 3.14. It was at 3.14 p.m. Yeah. that the judge hit the gavel. 3.14 p.m. I, and how I remember is that when the judge called me up, I put the... I put my phone on uh, airplane mode and yeah. I recorded it as a listening point to kind of remind me of a point not to get back to. So I, just, I wanted to hear the judge's voice yeah. as kind of like a reminder of how serious this is. Wow. And I didn't want to have, have that happen again. Wow. So you were like, we're not doing this again because this was trash um, as far as like the divorce proceedings. No, and, no. Yeah, yeah. So how do we get here? Because from what i remember in our conversations is that you were actually together longer than you were married so yes we were yeah so how did you get to the divorce and were there red flags that you passed up before you two got married so we can start there you met how long were you together and then um and before you got married and then how long were you married before you got the divorce let's start there all right, start with the first question. You gave me like four questions in one. I know, so we'll I know, with... I know. We'll start with, okay, so you guys were together before you got married. So how long were you together before you got married? So we connected, met with each other, which was November the 5th, 2014. It was about, it was about 7.30 in the evening but it was Wisconsin time, so it was about eight o'clock. You know when you Eastern get on my nerves, I can't stand. <laughs> <Just go ahead. laughs> so, yeah, so was it five years before y'all got married? What what was the timeline? So uh, November the fifth, that's when we connected for the first time, and then we got married June twenty fifth, two thousand and sixteen. So about a year and and some change, about a year and a half that okay. we were uh, together in a relationship. Okay, and then how long were you married, and then getting and then filed for a divorce? Oh, <laughs> so we were married officially five months. Wow. But the marriage, the marriage as far as the separation actually started in August of 2016. So about 50 days after we said I do, she was on her way out of the door. Which I haven't told anybody that. So that's first that's first time I'm revealing that. So I'm just letting you know. Hey, all single you the podcast. Look at that. We be getting the tea, the tea hunty. So that's what I wanted to know. Because you said 50 days. So you were together for a year and a half. 50 days, she's out the door. It takes months and months and months to get divorced. So we need to be a little bit more right. picky um when we are deciding right. to marry, right? So now I want to know. Is I just, correct. Right. I just wanted to set it up. Because that is whew, okay. What happened through your lens, Brian? What do you think happened that would cause you to be together for a year and a half, 50 days married, and then y'all out the door? What happened? So, a lot of times when we're looking at when we love someone, we can associate love as a feeling. Mm -hmm. 
But love is also a lens, which means that it's an awareness because because even if you look at the Bible, you know, saying love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then you're going to try to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what ended up happening was I saw things that really should have been a stopping point where really should have been a red flag, but it turned out to be a yellow flag. I was like, oh, we'll do some caution. We'll just sit back and we'll do this. So I saw some things that were of concern, but I felt as though the type of man that I was and the type of, you know, man that I desired to be, I felt, hey, I can love you through this. And if I love you through this, you will change. But unfortunately, the biggest lesson that I learned out of this from my lens is that your love cannot change anyone. Your love can be presented to an individual and they can choose to change, but your love cannot change that person, which means that when you see that your love that you're giving towards that person is still not getting the best result of them being able to grow from it, then you may need to take a step back. So what I would have done if I could talk to my self back then in my you know earlier 30s, I would have said, hey, maybe you need some time to separate and really decide if this is something that you want to do. But I was 32, almost 33. Uh, You know, the woman was gorgeous. You know, she was the quintessential point of view of a woman that I I, I wanted. I mean, the, the complexion, the look the curly hair, all of that stuff. She was just all of that. And I was like, you know, we're going to have some beautiful babies, but we weren't a good fit for each other. We weren't a good fit for each other as far as what she wanted to do with her career and what I wanted to do as far as things that I wanted to do. And we just didn't coexist in the same space very, very well. But when you are in the beginning of a relationship and you're building a relationship, you try to see that person for the potential that they are, but the potential means nothing if that person is still not best for you. I, I just, I know you see my face because I'm like, you are, <laughs> just, you are hitting every point, okay? So we gonna sit here for a minute <laughs> and we are, I just, I have tears in my eyes right now. Let me catch myself because <sighs> I'm just so excited, okay? You said a lot of things, and I'm sure these are the things that you tell. I know you said if I could tell myself at that time. I'm pretty sure these are things that you tell your clients because you mostly coach men, right? I coach. It's it's more leaning towards the women. Okay. But I have the ability to help men get to like places relationally that they wouldn't be able to get by themselves. And the reason why is because for men, I do my absolute best to show them that it's best for you to be a leader and not for you to, you know, even lead by the fact of what you can provide because you can provide certain things for a woman, but if you ain't really got a direction of where you're trying to go, when those resources run out, you're definitely not going to be a good fit for her anymore. So. Ryan, like, what are you doing? Why are you just, you're skipping ahead. I have so many questions. Um, Go right on ahead. That's right. what I was here for. I, right. told, I told you what was going to happen when I we know. did this interview. I, I know. told you. But I like to stick to one topic and then move to the next. But I am going to make a note here because, you know, I take notes. And we had our little Google sheet and everything. Because you said something about him being a leader and having vision. And, and it's more about that than what you financially. 
for a woman like me, for Rika Janelle Robinson. Now, what they telling you on these internet streets, it may be about finances, but if you are looking for a woman who doesn't want to um, deem you more of a man because you make uh, you know $100,000 a minute, then I exist. So I'm gonna write that down. Give me a second, okay? Vision <laughs> over finances, and we will come back to that. So now let's go back to what you said about why your marriage um, uh, did not last. Okay. Let me ask you this, Brian, because sometimes I don't think women understand that men filter sometimes the same way we do and their behaviors are sometimes the same as us. So there's a couple of points that you said. So let me ask you this. In that marriage, you felt that you could change her or the fact that you loved her so much that love could change her. Did you feel that? I did. I felt as though my love was strong enough to convince her to not only change, but to convince her to walk on a journey with me that would lead her to having the love that she's always desired. But unfortunately, in that case, love is not enough. When love is given with the intent to change, and not the intent to cover, that's where you're going to run into a problem. Love covers. It does not change. Because if love were the change, that means the moment that I love you and you accept it, that means that God himself is going to be like, oh, you got to change. But he never said in the scripture that love changes. He said love covers, which means that I can love you enough to protect you. But I can also love you enough to separate because loving you is not going to be enough you have to not only accept the love that I'm given, but you also have to look and see, am I willing to have the capacity for what this love requires? Yes. Yes. And I was going to say that I would argue that me loving you, if I truly loved you, Brian, I would accept the person that you were at the end of the day and not expect you. Well, once we get married, I can change that. No, no, True love is like, I accept him as he is. If he, if today on what time, what is April the 15th? Today is April 15th. As we're recording this, it's April the 15th. I believe this drops on April the 27th. But if I met you today and we were deciding we are going on this journey of discovering if we are a good fit and then we want to get married, the person Brian Thomas is today, I have to accept him wholly. Okay. And my love is, and I, I am willing, I am choosing to love this man as is. Now, are there some things that get on my nerves and he may be annoying in this, you know, because love is not perfect, right? That's, it's going to that have to, right? It's going to have to be okay. And I'm going to have to know myself enough to know I could put up with that. Okay, he snores at night. I could put up with that because if I have to get up a little bit earlier than him, I'm going to sleep in the other room. And we have decided that that is okay. It doesn't mean we're getting a divorce. It doesn't mean I hate him. It's just that he snores. And I don't want to deal with that if I have to get up at 6 a.m. instead of 9 a.m., you know? So those are the things to me now at this big age that I realize, oh, that's love. I'm not here to change you. I'm not here to think that I'm God. I'm not put, covering you, not even with prayer. Like I will pray for you. Yes, but that is between you and God. It is not between me and I love him enough. So Brian is just going to stop this thing that he does with biting his pencils. 
you know, and I'm saying these like funny examples, but it is those things that we think we can change about people because I love you and I'm powerful. So what's up? Is this tracking? Do you, feel you know, like- let me, let me give you this transparent moment right here. Cause I know that's what we're, we're talking about. But one of the mistakes that I have made, and this was even before I got married, one of the mistakes that I made was loving blindly. And what loving blindly is, it's depending on the GPS of your feelings, because your feelings will tell you that it's okay to proceed forward, even when there's a stop sign. Your feelings, what they do is they talk to you and say, it's almost like you're getting ready to run a red light and your feelings will tell you, well, there's no car coming from that particular side. So you can go ahead and just proceed forward not really realizing that your logic and the lessons that you've learned says, if I run this red light continuously, eventually I'm going to collide with the reality that I wasn't able to see what was coming towards me. So I had a, I had a tendency to love blindly. I, you know, was in relationships where I went and I spent money that I should not have spent on things that, I could have maybe put in other things. And so because of that, I learned a very valuable lesson with my marriage that sometimes you got to shut those emotions down and have a conversation with yourself and say, listen, after this feeling is gone, is this something that I'm going to want to deal with? Okay. So okay. Throw that out there. I had a friend uh, tell me attraction is important, right? Because there are times when I do not like my husband, but I'm like, he is so he, I'm still attracted to him. So let me sit down, right? Get out of my feelings. Even though I am attracted to him and I want to um, be in my feelings, I have to get out of my feelings and say, okay, but logically, you know, this is what I need from you, or this is what you need from me and talk that through. Although she is very, she's an advocate of like, Attraction is important because that's what makes her want to do that, right? I am attracted to you. So I heard you say, you know, you had your list, right? She's this hue. And- yeah, I had, I had my list all right. She oh, yes. This and she was this and this and this and this. But that's where we stop sometimes, right? So I say that to say that's where we stop because you you talked about loving blindly, right? We say, okay, well, right. he, he's six four. He makes a hundred thousand dollars a minute. He got this kind of car. Okay, boom, we gonna work. No, no. And this is where knowing exactly who you are, your definition of love, your values. That's where that your logic of that of knowing who you are needs to override the looks. Even though I am a, a straight up advocate for being attracted to somebody, so. Let me ask you this. Do you still have your list, Brian? Are you, are you still like, okay, well, but she does need to be this. Are you an advocate for, I want to be attracted to her or what are your thoughts on that? So the list has been greatly adjusted and the, what is the origin of attraction is more character-based than it is looks-based. So there are certain uh, intangibles that I want that woman to have over just the overall beauty. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want her to be no, you know, I don't want her to be no sea donkey. You know, I don't. 
You don't want to be no, you don't want to be no sea donkey. You know what I'm saying? Like you see, you know, you, you mad at her. You like, I got to pray for my attraction to come back. No, that's not what that is. But it is a little bit more relaxed because I understand that that person's going to get older and I need to know, can you protect the person that I'm going to become? And even when that person falls short of your expectation, are you going to protect that? Or are you going to be this pretty young lady that, well, he didn't meet my expectations or he didn't meet my needs. And so I'm going to drop him. So it's, it's, I'm very, very, very mindful. There's certain questions and certain rhythm that I'm looking for when I have a conversation with somebody in order to determine if this is something that's going to work. And if I find out that it's not to my liking, as far as like the character, as far as like the conversation, as far as like the ability to think for yourself, then I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a pause. You said something that I want to, I want to go deeper. You said, is this woman for you going to protect the person that you want to become or going to become? Tell me more. What does that mean? So what that means is this, the person that I'm desiring to become is automatically that's the person that I determined to be. Now, the person that I determined to be, obviously I'm going to put in the work, but there are going to be some seasons where as I am developing into that person that I desire to be, I might fall short. I might have a bad day. I might have a time frame where I might not reach the standard of what you would consider to be is the man that's going in that particular direction. Now, are you going to look at me from a perfected point of view? Like he dotted all the I's and T's and Y's and, 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 and all the other stuff, or are you going to look at me as, okay, he had a bad day. And from that bad day or that bad moment, you carry it to it being a part of my character because we're going to have, we're going to yeah. make mistakes. Now, let me put a side note to that mistakes or, or you're going to make, you know, bad choices. Some of those bad choices do not leave you an excuse for those actions. Now me making a bad choice is not me saying, okay, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to cheat. No, that's a character thing. No, don't do that. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to tell a lie. No, that's a character thing, but they may have a point where I may not pay as much attention to her as I need to. So I miss a very vital part of connecting with her. That's a mistake. Or I, woke up and I didn't text her like I normally do throughout the day. And she feels a certain type of way. That's a mistake, mm. but yes. becoming the person that I'm called to become, that's my responsibility. That's not the person that I'm with responsibility to push me there. It's not even their responsibility to motivate. I would love to get motivation from that person, but it's up to me as a man to step up and say, Hey, this is the direction that I'm going. And as I'm evolving, I'm going to make mistakes in this evolution. The thing that I'm asking you is that when I make the mistakes, when I have the issues that come up, are you going to hold my hand and say, I got you as you're elevating or are you going to push me to the side? Because maybe what you signed up for didn't include the capacity to be able to handle the downsides of the evolution that I'm bringing. But we have to, 
I, I would argue that if we want to be in a partnership the way that I want to, we are going to have to realize there's going to be downside. What is till death do us part? What is for better or for worse? Right. So as right. you as you listener, woman, my girl, my woman of faith, my black woman of faith <laughs> who wants to be married, wants to be in a partnership, we are going to have to realize that men are not perfect. Cause I there is especially when in my 20s all the way up to about 35 holding a ma a man to this like elevated higher standard like he is just goliath and he's amazing and he's never gonna you know have faults we got to get out of that and i think for a lot of us well i'll just speak for me me rika having my dad be that to my mom i thought oh yeah my dad's perfect but i bet you if i sat here and asked my mom how does my dad get on your nerves where did he fall where did she would have a list and I loved him anyway, you know, and I obviously they're still together. They're the cutest little thing. I, they are getting old together and it is so cute. But I bet you there are moments where my mom was like, I cannot stand his little funky behind. So I'm gonna go in my corner and let him be in his. So I would say that we have to understand when we say I do, we only know, you know what? Let me credit Tim Ross for this. He said this, Pastor Tim Ross. Go. I was getting ready to say the same thing. I love him, but yes, continue. I love him. So remember when I don't did you see that episode where he talked about when you say I do, even when you You're saying I do to everything that you, you don't know. know. Well, yes, like you, well, you do know moment, it. You know it. Yeah. You're saying I do to everything you don't know because there's all these things that are gonna come up in life. For example, say we got married today. One day, unfortunately, God forbid, I need 30 more years, God. My dad is going to die. My mom is going to die. I don't know the I don't know the version of me that is going to exist after that happens. I don't know. And what if I go down this spiral for a year? Can you love me through that? You have to know that that is going to happen. But I am choosing on this day that we say I do to love her in that space, even though I don't know who she's going to be on that day. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I, I, I heard thoroughly what Tim Ross was saying and the way that you got married and you can correct me if I'm wrong. And even though I was never married, this is how I approached it as well. I thought I knew everything about this person already. And those are the things that I don't like. But again, my love will change them. I can pray it away. I can yeah. change them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like with me and I'm, I will, we're going to be transparent because I can, I can be clear on here. Okay. So let me tell you how much I loved my ex-wife. I loved her enough to, despite her flaws, if she would have said, let's work it out, I would have stood up 10 toes down and said, let's do it. Even to the point where I was willing too, because I wanted, you know, we had discussed before we got married, we had discussed us coming together and she already had a daughter. We had discussed having another child. And I said, hey, I would love to have, you know, a son or a daughter. And she said, OK, so, you know, we, we, we went to the marriage thinking, hey, you know, this is going to be, you know, the thing. And when she left, this is what I said out of my own mouth. Now, some people may say, oh, you crazy for what you're getting ready to say, but I, I, I don't care. I told her, I said, listen, if you staying means that I don't ever get a chance to be a father to my own child and I'm only a father to your child, I said, I'll give that up. I just want us to work through this. 
So I was willing to give up being a biological father in order to save what I would consider to be my marriage. And, and, and when you, when you truly love somebody, you will determine that there's some compromises that other people won't be willing to do. And that's what I was willing to like when it, when it talk about lay down your life, yeah. I was willing to lay down my life for what her. I would consider to be yes for her. And that's what real love is laying down your life, sometimes temporarily, sometimes being inconvenienced in a way that other people can't handle. And that's what I was willing to do. I was willing to be inconvenienced with wow. not yeah. having a child Yeah. in order for her and I to work out. Mm -hmm. And do you truly believe that you were honest in that? Did you know yourself enough at that moment to say, if you two were still together today and still no biological children for you, you would still be happy if you had worked on all the other stuff and you guys were hosting along? I would have because ultimately my desire, one of my greatest desires in my life was to be a husband, was to be a man that when I woke up every single morning and I looked over to the other side of the bed, I had inspiration. And that's what I wanted to, you know, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like there's something about being a husband mm -hmm. that, okay, you know, you have your ones that are a father, but there's something about being a husband where you're literally laying down your life for this wonderful, beautiful creation that God gave that is in a constant evolution. Because a woman is evolving from her emotions to understanding. And the fact is that if the beautiful thing that is, if you are a husband that desires to really do right by your wife, you already got the favor. So why not keep going? You know what I mean? Okay, writing down under what I wanted a man I have wants to be a relationship. <laughs> I'm gonna say wants to be a husband more than he even wants to be a father. Okay, I love that. That's beautiful. And again, I ask that question because obviously on you know my podcast and platform, I am always driving in and trying to help my listeners hone in on who you actually are. Because I know that I could say that too. I don't care that much about being a mother as much as I know that I am built to love one man and I want to outdo each other with love. And I do want to quote unquote submit to him as long as he's submitted to God. And I want to do that whole thing and do life with somebody. And if we arrive at a place where now I'm 45 and not getting married, then I don't have to have a kid. I'm not doing IVF. I don't care. I'm not going through. I'm not taking, I'm not doing surgery. I'm, we're not doing any of that. Okay, I'm not spending $20,000 just to have a baby when I'm going to have to spend $50,000 for them to go to college. I'm cool. So, but I know that about me. Now, if I meet a man and by the time I'm 42 and we make this decision, we are going to be great parents and we want to, sure, we can start trying. It will be a decision that we make together, but I am not hard pressed to have a kid. So that's why I ask. Thank you for your answer. I want to go back to you saying, you need, you need somebody to hold you, to help hold you accountable to the man that you want to become. What I hear you saying, and if I'm wrong, correct me, right? It's a conversation, is you are a man who has, you have a certain direction that you're going and goals um, that you want to reach, right? And so in order to reach that, you understand that correct. you have to be disciplined, 
Okay. So you need a woman Correct. who will continue to help you be disciplined, even if she has to call you out. Well, you said that you wanted to stop smoking. So why are you smoking a cigarette today? Not to say that Brian smokes, just so that is correct. We're out here. So it's okay. Why well, right, that's <laughs> I, beautiful. Beautiful. I love that because I believe mm, I hate generalizing, but for me, that's exactly what I want. Somebody asked me the other day, because I get this question all the time. Why do you think you're single? And I said, because I have not met a man who has vision. I, I, I just, if you don't know where you're going, where are we going? So how can I ride with that, right? I do want to be ride or die, but I need to know where we going. What's the address? And I know that things change because I know myself. I know that, um, oh gosh, what is her name? One of our great poets, our black poets, Nikki Giovanni says, if you do not understand yourself, you don't understand others. Mm -hmm. So what I understand about myself, even though I have goals and I do want to be disciplined, sometimes I get lazy. Sometimes I have a bad moment. Sometimes I weep. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. And sometimes I pivot. I understand all of that. But if you want me to help you and be a cheerleader, okay, let's take this ride together. And I will be that. You just got to let me know when we're pivoting. If we're pivoting, I can do that too. But it, it's a continued conversation that needs to happen and that's beautiful did i make sense is that exactly what you were saying that's exactly what i'm saying and i'm gonna dive even deeper into the the uh accountability aspect that a woman presents to a man see when a man is accountable for what he says and what he does he leaves that woman's emotions at ease because here's the thing naturally speaking majority not all but majority of women will go by their emotions. And so if they've got different traumas that they've dealt with, then they're depending greatly on those emotions. Now, when you put accountability in the equation, what you're simply doing is essentially you're putting a grounded level. You're putting you're putting things at the ground level and you're seeing things for what they for what they are. So like I said in my my marriage that failed as much stuff as I might've felt like she shouldn't have done or could have done. The thing that I said that I will take accountability for is I will take accountability for not putting my foot down and stopping things before they got worse. It got mm -hmm. to the point where I was like, I don't want to argue. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to hurt her. But sometimes you have to look at yourself in the mirror mm -hmm. and say, if I continue down this path, yeah. this person eventually is going to end up hurting more. Mm -hmm. And because I kept going yeah. and I didn't hit the stop button, it affected her. It affected her to the point to where it triggered traumas that she was dealing with. And then now she had even more energy to be like, well, you did this and you did that. Now, am I blameless in the marriage? No, I said some stuff that I shouldn't have said. I did some things that I should not have done. But before a man counts up the cost of a woman's beauty, he has to count up the cost of if that same beauty can hold him accountable for the same words that he said out of his mouth. You cannot compliment the same woman and yet lead her down a path that's untrue. 
And that's what a lot of men do. A lot of men will compliment a woman's beauty, Mm -hmm. but will not do what he said that he's going to do. Because beauty becomes vain when the truth is absent. Mm -hmm. We're just going to let that marinate right here. We're just letting it out. (laughs) let it air it out i just wish men from my limited understanding of who you are because i haven't known you for years and years and years but what you are saying about how you think is how i how do i say this is embodies the character that i wish men had that i've like men just don't have that character they they I, I i've never experienced it so let me not say men don't they my dad does my aunt, everybody's married to the same people they were married to when the day i came out my mama okay my uncles my dad have that character from my limited view because again if i talk to my mom and maybe my aunties there'd be some things that maybe i don't know that i would learn and i i honestly on purpose don't ask those questions because i don't want to know if my dad did something bad i just don't want to know that's not for me to know so yeah it does that make sense like what you were saying i just wish that was the character of a lot of men that i knew dated in the future date that's the character that i want him to have yeah that's yeah that's that's is that who you that's that's one of those things where yeah that's who i that's who i am and that's Uh also who i continue to desire to be because one of the things um and i i've told many people this story like you know many times but as a young boy i was always given the task of living with integrity like there are situations where integrity was the very thing that caused me to really see things for what they are. I desire to be integral as best as I can, because as a man that's in this culture, one of the biggest fights that I deal with is I deal with the expectations of those who don't have the ability to actually learn a person. And so me as a man, my responsibility is to present you undeniable character that when you do decide that you want to settle down with that man, he has presented to you the great responsibility of making sure that he keeps up with what he says. So one of the things that my mom and dad always pushed on me was tell the truth and be your absolute best even when it hurts so sometimes as a man we we have to do some things that are going to sting us a little bit we have to do some things that's going to bruise the perceived pride that we're actually given when a man is born he's given a certain pride or certain persona in society however that ends up working against him because here's the thing in order for a man to truly love and honor a woman, there's a level of vulnerability that he has to submit Mm -hmm. 
And many men don't want to submit their vulnerability because that vulnerability means that you're going to have to, that that vulnerability means that you're going to have to abandon, you're going to have to abandon your perceived perception of women overall. uh, Preaching to the choir, like you, I have never experienced a man who was vulnerable enough to say, okay, this is how I perceived it, perceived you. But I understand like the, my behavior that I have presented to you is causing this trigger for this trauma that you have. So let me try to adapt and change it for you. Not that you, I'm not asking people to change themselves, but if you are at, if you are wanting to be in partnership with me, there are ways that you need to move. So I feel safe. That is what we mean by, I want a safe space. And it's, is the word reciprocal, right? Reciprocity. Yes. Um, and so there's ways that we need, right. I'm like, what's the word? Okay. You, with your what was it? The technology engineer degree, whatever the heck you got, you smart. So <laughs> or I'm like, my major was TV production. So I know what rack focus is, but anyway. Um, so yes. So I hear you, um, when you're saying that I want to go, you know what, Brian, I'm scrapping the whole you freaking uh, <laughs> whatever we had planned because clearly i haven't even gotten to the questions that i wrote down these are all questions that are coming to mind because you're saying just beautiful things so we're gonna have to do probably a part two and a part three but uh and at a later time you just let me you just let me know when you're ready to do it i got i got i got time for days i will make it happen i just have so many other questions too but you said something we're gonna rewind you said something about men making a a mistake and um it being their character and i remember you had that question for me so do you remember what your question was i i believe the question was the difference it's the difference between a man making a mistake and a man making a choice i think that's what that question was right and how like women how we react to that and and what have you so i do want to go back to that and define what we mean about mistake and uh, making a choice character or what have you so when you said um oh gosh now i'm trying to remember what you said about okay so if you were supposed to call me at a certain you say, okay, I'll call you back. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's say that we're in a relationship okay. and I say, hey, I'm going to call you at three o'clock. I'm going to call you at three o'clock because I'm busy. And let's say I don't call you until 3.45. I may have lost track of time. Things might have gotten out of hand and I might not have been able to text you and say, hey, I might have to switch that to 345. So that in and of itself is a mistake. It was, I wasn't intending on doing it. But when it's your character, I tell you, hey, I'm going to call you at three o'clock. But I don't even call you or text you at 345. I wait until the next day. I just say, you know what? I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget about it. When you make a mistake, the mistake is on the intention of actually doing the thing or you actually had a you actually had intention of doing something that you said that you were going to do. But when it's your character, a character issue comes with an excuse to try to explain the bad behavior. Why you didn't do that. Why you didn't, why you didn't do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the difference between, a, uh, uh, that's the difference between a bad choice yep. and a mistake. Yep. Yep. And 
so what I have done, and I know that there are memes about this and people have sent me reels and I love when women are screaming this on TikTok and it's stop giving men the benefit of the doubt. Right. Because what we what I have done in the mm-hmm. past is you told me you were going to call me at three o'clock you, and that's a Monday. You don't call me till Tuesday afternoon. And you're like, oh, my bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got busy. Like, woo, 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 woo. but because he's so fine and he's whatever on my list or whatever, I give him the benefit of the doubt and I believe him. No, this is where that is his character. He is showing me when people show you who they are, believe them. He is showing me exactly who he is in that moment. It's like sometimes we figure out, we can figure out if we really pay attention to behavior and words, I can figure you out in one day. That's all I need. One week, maybe 30 days, right? I can figure you out by your behavior. So say we're dating. Brian says, okay, I'm going to call you back at three o'clock because I got this meeting and then do da 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 Okay, say it's 3.45. You shoot me a text and say, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. The meeting went over. I'm a, I promise I'm going to call you right away, right as soon as I'm done. That lets me know that your character is, I said I was going to do this. I lost track of time. Oh, shoot. My job is kind of important to me, so I do need to do this, but I promise I'm going to call you. So then you call me at 4.15. I understand life happens because I'm a busy professional as well. But the fact that you were like, you didn't change the game plan without me knowing you changed the game plan, letting me know like, okay, instead of doing this pass, we're actually going to do this pass. As long as you keep me along, that lets me know, Oh, he actually wants to be here. Oh, he actually cares about my feelings. Oh, okay. You are showing me your character in that moment. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's correct. Yes. And so I, it is again, we got to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt because you, I know exactly for me, if I tell somebody I'm calling them back and I don't, that means I don't care. (laughs) Just like, whatever, you know what I mean? I I promise you that is exactly how I am. That is as human Rika. That is exactly how I am. If I say I'm gonna call you back at seven and I don't, it's because I don't care. And I am not, I may text you two days later. Oh, my bad. I did it. Mm-mm, it ain't my bad. I did it on purpose. I didn't. I, I either wanted to get off the phone with you, I, whatever. But if I care, I am going to bring you along if if change is happening. So, all right. Next question that I have for you. Okay. So you were married, not married. What did your marriage teach you about women that you know now that maybe you didn't know? when you were in that relationships or when you were in your twenties or early thirties. So what my marriage taught me was to be aware of that woman and her evolution at all times. So I'm gonna give you this. I'm I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to you like this as a man, one of the mandates that we have or that's given to us by God is our vision. When we're looking at vision, we're looking at, details and information. What my marriage taught me was the lack of information that I did not pay attention to about the person that I married. Because when a man is truly into that woman, he is paying attention to the intricate details about who she is. And when he gets that information, what he's doing is he's learning it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that your significant other likes a certain food. Let's say y'all go out to eat and she likes a certain food. She doesn't tell you, 
But if you're watching and paying attention, oh, you know what? She likes this type of food. Okay, let me make a mental note. And so now when you're like, hey, sweetheart, I'm going to go grab you something to eat. And I know you like this, this, and this. That's a conscious part of information that you didn't have to ask. You paid attention to it. Okay, I'm going to give you another example. Give you another example. Let's say that you are going to visit her at her, you know, her apartment, whatever. You pick her up, you're going to take her out to eat or whatever, right? And you happen to smell her perfume, right? Oh, sweetheart, that's beautiful. What's what's that perfume you got on? That thing smell good. You know, you just sweeten up. Oh, this is, you know, such and such, right? So then what you do is, as a man on a random day, you go grab her, you know, a refill of that stuff like when she least expected. Because, see, women love authentic surprises. Like, you love authentic surprises. They I'm, And I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's probably getting me in trouble. I dropped my phone there. Um, but I'll say this right here. Women love when you pay attention to things that they love, but they don't tell you. They love when you pay attention to things that they don't have to tell you. Because what that means is that now, if I'm investing in you and you hadn't even said anything, I wonder what in the world you're going to invest in me when I do tell you what I want. So I learned how to be more aware. I learned how to watch the little small uh, things that she likes, the little small things that bothers her. Why? Because if I can intercept her emotion of thinking that I'm not paying attention, that allows a different level of intimacy that's going to be opened up as she as she begins to evolve into the woman that she's called to be. Because think about this. Think about how many women would be open to greater intimacy if the man paid attention to the blueprint of things that she's not saying. Think about it. Intimacy would be so much more fulfilling. Brian, I don't have between to think both about of them. it. I don't have to think if about I'm it. I'm paying attention to those two things. <laughs> right. I don't have to think about it because I know exactly. I On my list of what I wanted a guy, it's I want him to be curious about me. So, I, I know. Right. Okay. So I know you listening on the podcast, you cannot see my facial expressions. You cannot see my body language. You cannot see my hands. <laughs> going like Brian is the, what do they call the, the choir director? I am the choir and he is telling me to sing this high note, doing this with his hands. And I'm just like, you are directing the choir, <laughs> you preaching to the choir. You exactly. So I will say this. Okay. Even though, yes, that's definitely what I want. On some level, it should definitely be happening. But I also right. understand I, you are not a mind reader. So there are some things that you won't pick up this on, is right? True. There are those secret thoughts, those secret feelings, those secret things that I desire that only God and me and God know um, that I would let you know. Like maybe you maybe you don't understand that my favorite candy is um, the, the sour gummy worms or whatever, but it's only when I go on a road trip, I don't need that every time. You know what I mean? Like there's certain details that you are not going to understand about me unless we are having those conversations and I'm being very communicative. Is that the word? Yes. Um, and we are having this continued conversation and then maybe one day I may be like, no, those gummy worms, they hurt my stomach. I don't ever want those again. And you okay, well, let me write that off. Like you said, the evolution of a woman and each other, you know, like it's, it has to be the reciprocity, the outdo each other with love. That is what God wanted, right? That, oh, 
I just need a pause. <laughs> just. I don't understand why you're single, Brian. Like, I'm, I'm, how would you answer that question? The question that everybody always wants to know about us wonderful single so, people. Because everybody's like, you're so, so So to answer that question, one of the reasons why I'm single is because for me, I'm in a season where things have my thought process towards it has slowed down because here's the thing, a guy like myself with all, obviously all of the wonderful qualities would just be able to just, Ooh, just go and grab whoever. And, you know, cause I mean, I live in Atlanta, so there's, you know, lots of wonderful women that I could just well. jump into. But here's the thing that I have. Here's the thing that I have learned. There is an art to truly paying attention to a person and learning and actually matching that up and saying, okay, is this person that I would consider, are they going to be able to really handle where it is that I'm headed? Because I'm in a position now where financially and, you know, psychologically and, you know, mentally I am totally different. Like what I'm looking for in a relationship is totally different. I'm not going for the whole, okay, she has to look this particular part. I'm not going for the whole, um, she's got to be this body type. What I'm going for is how well does your mind progress? How well does your mind take information? How resourceful can you be? If we're in a conversation or we're in a relationship and something happens, I don't have to be, I don't have to have all this pressure to do everything. And and another reason why I am single is because I'm, I've gotten delivered from Superman syndrome. I have been in situations where I come in and I'm like the conductor and I, oh, you put this piece here, you put that piece here, you put this piece here, you put that piece there. And then once that woman gets to the level of, oh, she's good, she's out because the attraction was not based on the character. The attraction was based on what I was able to do for her until she was able to do it for herself. And so I have to be careful not to involve myself in a situation or in a relationship where I get to be Superman. So I really want to be a relationship where the Superman gets disabled and Brian, the man that is Clark Kent with flaws mm -hmm. can Clark actually Kent. grow and develop with you. Exactly. I follow the Superman because Superman is my favorite of all time of the DC. Uh, thanks to my dad. So, uh, so Clark Kent, right? Like you, you want to be Clark Kent. Um, and right. it, you don't always, you want to be able to put down the cape. Now, sometimes I want you to have it on, but you want to be able to put down the cape. Right. And I swear we've been in the same relationships. I've just been the female version of you. And maybe it's a cancer thing. So by the way, Brian and I are both cancers. Hey, um, which <laughs> maybe we'll get into that, but because y'all cancer men, whoo, Jesus. Right. <laughs> um, right. But yes, I've had that um, uh, fix a man uh, savior complex as well um with uh i am so good at this let me help you with this and if you don't know how to i got you and i'll support you and i'll give you money and i'll do, 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 do um hoping he would become what you just described like 
do you even know my favorite candy is this? Do you even know I love to watch at least one Netflix show before I go to bed and this is the one we're on now? Do you? No, and I never got that. So it's never worked. Never in my life has that ever worked for me. Um, and so just like you, where I am now at this big age is totally different on what I'm looking for. Um, now I will say this now, it, the entry level is definitely, I got to be attracted to you. That is the entry. <laughs> we got to, cause, cause I, I just don't want my uncle to clown you. Like I just don't, <laughs> I bring you to the barbecue. My uncle be like, Rika, come here. And then talk loudly about you. So we can't have that. Um, all right. It's okay. So again, I had a lot of questions that I wanted to ask you and we are just going to do two more and we just going to have to come back. Okay. Plus I don't even know if you Whenever you're ready. questions for me, you know, I, I, I just, this is just such a good conversation. No, I, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any questions. I'm sitting back. I'm learning. I'm taking mental notes. That's all I'm doing. Right I now. got it. Okay. He's like, this woman is crazy. I'm nothing I'm, bad. Nothing, right? nothing bad. By the way. Right. Just, just so you know, got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. So, okay. Here are the last two questions. Okay. Um, let's start with what did marriage teach you about yourself that you would bring into the next relationship slash marriage? So marriage. So you want to know what I learned about myself? About yourself, because marriage. That I won't take it to the next marriage or what I will take to the next marriage. Well, sure. You could do both. I, I was thinking what you will take, but you can do what you won't take as well because i know again so now that i know that you watched the tim ross um conversation about marriage and about and i'm sure you've said this before even before you heard tim ross say it but it's very true that marriage is a mirror it is how you see yourself outside your it body is. it's you looking at you telling you about you <laughs> so if we're married right. brian will be telling about me he's going to be telling me about me all the time things that i never thought i had to to fix I said on a, um, a podcast before this one about how there are things that I know that I'm not going to be able to heal or work on until I am in a serious relationship slash marriage. So I'm going to set that up. And there you go, Brian. So what I wouldn't take into my marriage, my, you know, the if I got when I get when I get married again, I will not take impatience. I was very impatient at some point in time. Another thing that I will not take into it is my emotions leading. So leading with emotion, because it's very easy when you get married that you can get into a routine of what well, I feel this particular way. And that's what I'm going to go by. And sometimes majority of the times that's dangerous. Now, what I will take into my marriage is I will take number one, my integrity. Uh, integrity is the highest, highest task. I got to be integral at all times. Number two, my accountability. I'm going to take that in there because here's the thing. It don't matter what she did. There was something that I didn't pay attention to that snowballed. And if I don't pay attention, then I'm going to end up missing. So I'm going to be accountable. And number three, I'm going to be faithful. Like that's what I'm going to, I was faithful during my marriage. Now don't get me wrong. There was some times where I looked and I was like, okay, this is not working. And 
you know, eyes get to a little bit of wonder. But then I thought to myself, I was like, regardless of what I felt like she's doing, I would never put myself in a situation where I would think it's okay to break a covenant based off of how I feel. So I'm going to remain faithful. That's good. And I remain faithful until the end. That's good. That's good. I like that. I do. Um, especially because most men will say, well, she made me cheat. How she make you? So she pulled down your nobody can, nobody, nobody can make you. Nobody can make you do anything. Thank you. It is all about character and your integrity and da da da. You know, so <laughs> um, was it big boy in Atlanta said cleanliness is next to godliness, but I think it's integrity. I think just discipline and integrity is next to godliness um, because that's who Jesus was. We didn't want to hear about how Jesus was so clean. No, about his discipline and his integrity um, as the human form that God sent right. us. Um, that we should be modeled, that we should model after. Um, all right. So let's talk about the um, question that I sent you yesterday, a little curveball, um, because shout out to- Let's do it. Right, right, right. Um, because we've touched on it a little bit. So now I just really want to just out, outwardly say it. Um, shout out to Megan Bradshaw 86 on Instagram. Um, she's one of my followers. Uh, and she was like, I would love- to hear you have a conversation about the difference between finding love versus choosing love. Now, in more conversation with her, the finding love was falling in love, right? She wanted to know the difference between falling in love versus choosing love. And she said at, you know, this age that we are now, what would be the difference for us and where are we? Okay. So with that question for you, I want to hear your, what is the difference for you in falling in love and choosing love? And which one are you trying to execute at, as we are knocking on 40s like, Hey, so I'm down the street and I'll be here till about 645. Okay. Um, so if y'all don't know, again, Brian and I are both cancers, June babies, and we both turn 40 in about two minutes. <laughs> so Right. right. Um, to answer the question with falling in love and choosing love, there's a difference. There's a big difference with falling in love. Falling in love can be a tendency to be upon. It's almost like somebody can sell you a dream. So I can sell you a dream or I can give you hope based on giving you things that you like, talking to you a certain way, um, being available, being a person that is one that you prefer. So when you're thinking about falling in love, a lot of times people will fall in love with their preference, meaning that if their preference is what you know, is there, it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall in love. I'll give you an example. Let, let's say that, you know, the, the fine, I'm going to throw a name out there. I'm going to throw a, a, you know what? Let me not do that. I don't want to get in trouble, but let's just say there's a beautiful woman that has everything that I externally would consider to be my preference. And she walks through this door right here and says, Hey, I want to get to know you because it's my preference it's going to be very easy to fall or to begin that journey. Now, falling in love is dangerous because there is a breaking point. With choosing to love, 
there are what we call boundaries, which means that I get a chance to process my feelings. I get a chance to process my path before I fall. When I choose, that means that I'm choosing this person based off of information that I've been given and I'm yet still choosing to go that route. When I'm falling, the information is there is no boundary that's going to happen. So it's a free for all. It's I'm going down a cliff that has no end. But when I choose to love, I'm going to take the stairs. Why? Because I want to preserve myself. So when I'm when I'm choosing to love, that means that I'm not choosing to just fall for anybody. I'm not choosing to just fall off of the cliff. That means that I want to get to the same destination, even if it means that I'm going to take the stairs. It means that I'm building safety. It means that I'm building a I'm building a connection that can last the test of time. When I'm falling in love with someone, there's a potential that maybe the person that I'm falling in love with may not feel that same way on today. They may feel it totally different because their trauma starts to act up after six months. So if I'm falling in love with them and their love stops, guess what? I have nothing to hold on to. But when I'm choosing to love, even when my trauma knocks on the door, even when her trauma knocks on the door, guess what? Love is going to come in and say, you know what? Despite what you're feeling, despite that you're not mm-hmm. at your best right now, I am still going to choose to love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love is a choice. Love is an action word, right? So I am going to answer. Wait, do you want to know mm-hmm. my answer? I mean, we can end now. I would. I would love. No, no, no. We got. You got. You got to get oh, it out to you. Right, right, right. Um. So I am going to attempt to make sense of what is in my head and mm-hmm. what I know that I have journaled out and have been thinking about uh, since 35. Falling in love to me is our fantasy, is what Disney told us it was. And then they lived happily ever after. It is this thing that we think is magical because I met this guy. He is so fine and I got butterflies and it should just work. It should be, what's that? The movie Serendipity. So I'm thinking of the word serendipitous. Like we just think it's just gonna happen. And I have this person that's out there for me and boom, we're together and happily ever after and we're done. I think I used to think that. In fact, I know I did, especially growing up in a two parent household. I thought, well, that's how my parents met. And it was perfect. My dad thought my mom was fine. My dad didn't stop calling my mom. And my mom said, okay. And here we are 40 years later. Choosing is now the atmosphere that I want to be in. Yes, I want the initial entry point needs to be attraction. And Mm -hmm. that is the initial. Then in conversation, just like you said, I am also paying attention. Because one, I need to know the moment that I say that I do, can I choose to love him throughout all of these things that I don't like? Because he's not going to be perfect. So there are going to be things that I don't like. So do I know myself enough to go? If this never changes, I'm good. If I reach that level, then I know that I'm truly in love. Okay. I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to love you through the things that I don't even like. So cool. 
because I've got I've gotten to know you as much as I could to understand your track record, your track record of your decisions, your discipline, your integrity, what you say. Um, your track record is that equals your character. Who is this guy? Okay, and at on today, if he never changes, am I good? Am I good? There is um. A quote that, of course, I'm not going to remember, but if you've listened to the podcast, I believe Cameo and I were talking about it because Matthew Hussey said it, or was it Stefan Speaks? But anyway, it was something about if your compromise is going to, oh gosh, I wish I had it in front of me. I hate when I tried to. Um, if it was the word compromise, it was definitely Matthew Hussey. Oh, then it's, oh, you know who Matthew Hussey is. Let me find that's, out. Listen, that's one of my favorites of all yeah, time. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Um, because they were talking about compromise, right? What's the difference between settling? Aren't you supposed to compromise in relationships? Which is a conversation we just had on my podcast, right? And I'm like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, this is right on time because I feel like in this moment of my life, I'm trying to figure out what that means for me. And I love this quote. If you are giving up something that is going to take away your ability to pour into your partner, don't do it. So that would be the compromise that is not healthy because if I am not getting this thing that I need from you and I say, oh, okay, well, I think Matthew Hussey used this example or maybe it was Stefan Speaks. Um, You want to go out, you love going out dancing, but he doesn't like to. So you compromise and you don't do it, but then you're not happy. So then resentment sets in and you're like, I did this for you and you're not giving me this thing that I need. So then therefore you cannot pour into your partner in what the Bible would say, um, outdoing each other with love because now you're mad. Mm-hmm. And resentment on mm-hmm. the inside is termites and it spews out and, and now you acting weird. This is definitely true for me. If I am not getting what I need in a relationship, I'd be acting so weird because I have all these emotions that I feel like I need to tell you, but I feel like I can't tell you because it's not a safe space to land and you're going to walk away and then my abandonment issues come up. <laughs> exactly. But what I will say is this, if your compromise or settling is going to cause you to not be able to love your partner in the way that they need to be loved, then you don't do it, right? Like, then that's not the relationship for you. So to me, when I go back to choosing, that's what I'm looking for. Like, okay, so these things that he does, the things that I'm gonna have to maybe compromise on a little bit, am I going to still be able to be in a position to love him the way God wants me to love him? And if I can say yes, because I know myself as much as I can, at reaching 40, I'm not going to know who I'm going to be at 70 yet, but at reaching 40, if I say yes to that, then okay, I am choosing to love you. I'm attracted to you. I can do that. Now we can get married. And then we say I do to the things that we don't know. But hopefully, you know, even exactly. with even with the trials and tribulations that will happen, your character, what I'm hoping for, praying for, and we will use God for the triangle, right? So it's God and it is you and me. We will pray through that, work through that. Um, we 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 are old enough to know at this age for me and my relationship that therapy counseling is going to be a continued thing through the, through till death do us part. We're not going to do marriage counseling and then be like, okay, that's it. No, we're going to both understand that this is a work in progress at all times, right? And there may be seasons where we're like, okay, we don't need counseling for this year and maybe we'll pick it up in next January or what have you. Um, but so to me, again, I'll just reiterate, 
The difference between falling in love and choosing love, falling in love seems a little bit too magical for me. I don't deal in that space anymore. Entry point attraction, we work on, can I operate in this space? Is it great for me? Is it great for you? You choose me, I choose you. Boom, I do. Happily ever after later. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully I was uh, able to articulate what was in my head um, and, and give that to you um, as you're listening in a tangible way. For this episode, Brian, that's it. We just gonna have to do this again. Did we miss anything for this episode in the conversation that we were having? Is there something else we need to reiterate, talk about? No, I think that this conversation is going to be marinated. And I think the other conversations that we'll have will yeah. be adding to it. Um, yeah. One of the things that um, I like about your platform is that every episode that I've like seen you do or I've listened to, you've left each of the listeners with food for thought. Uh-huh. Some of them you left them with an appetizer and then you <laughs> gave them food for thought later. Yeah. But this one right here, hopefully it leaves a food for thought yeah. so that later um, when we sit down and have another conversation, you know, it'll, it'll, you know, build upon that, you yeah. know, because all, yeah. you know, ultimately, you know, this is your platform and I, you know, just to be here is, you know, it's a great, great moment for me. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And I love that because there are not a lot of men who will give women their accolades, big up women, root us on. Um, so, sh- you know, you and um, Jay Hall, my homeboy, um, the other Brian, who is my best friend, Desandra's husband, um, all of the men that have been on my podcast, those are the ones who are like, yo, like you're doing a great job. Who will root for you? Um, you know, instead of the men who want to pull you down, I literally just had a comment from a man, which is very rare because 92% of women follow me on Instagram and on my podcast. But he was like, Ugh, you sound masculine. Get off this platform. All I do is delete those men or what have you. I don't even know how he found me. But so that's why I truly, I know that they're out there, but I truly honor you um, and the other ones that I mentioned when you do big us up and like, yo, you're doing a good job. That's dope. What you said there is great. Da, 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 da. I love that. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening to Single You, the podcast. Did you learn something? Was it a positive experience from you? Did it make you think in a different way? I want to know that. So can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a review? I know that on Apple Podcasts, you can definitely leave a comment and a five-star review. I think you can on Spotify, but I'm not sure about the other platforms. But on Apple Podcasts, simple. All you got to do is say, Rika, I learned something or I loved it when you said X, Y, and Z. Or you could say your guest said X, Y, and Z and I loved it. You hit submit, five-star star review boom then i get the review i see it and it helps me play the algorithm game okay the more comments and reviews that i get the more that these platforms push my podcast up for more women like you to listen to this podcast you can go a step further and you can even share this podcast with a friend if you're like yo my friend would love this episode or would learn from this episode it would be positive for her can you share it please 